This is the NC Everything Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to episode nine. I'm pretty sure this is episode nine. I'm your host, Curtis, and this is the show where we talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. Today's episode is another listener request. This came from Kelly from Swepsonville, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but she came to Swepsonville from New Jersey via Arizona. So she's moved around a lot, but she's been here long enough, I think we can claim her. But anyway... The request she had was Tweetsie Railroad. I don't know how many of you have been to Tweetsie. I went one time when I was a kid, and I loved it. I had never really been back. And that's not because I didn't like the place. Like I said, I really loved it. I just hadn't really thought about it. Every time I do think about it, something comes up, something gets in the way. But maybe one day I'll take my kids up there. But like me, Kelly, she went one time. I think she went one time. And her son talked her into getting on the Ferris wheel up there. And she said at the time, that was the fastest Ferris wheel on the East Coast. Now, I looked that up and I found a few comments about how that was a really fast Ferris wheel. I didn't find anything definitive on it being the fastest. Either way, she's terrified of heights and it showed on the Ferris wheel because she told me she got really upset and crying. But I'm sure her son had a really good time. As for my experience up there, um, I had a really good time too, but I'm kind of a shy person. That's why I'm podcasting and not YouTubing. And so I was probably seven or eight and we go up there and, and eventually we rode the train. Now I say eventually because there's, there's other rides up there. It's kind of like a carnival, but the main attraction is the train. So we get on the train and some guy dressed in cowboy attire comes up and hands me this stick with a red and white polka dot flag tied onto the end of it. And he says, while you're riding the train, hang this out the window. And so I do, the train takes off. And eventually we get to a stop and some guy on a horse runs up and says, hey, you got to go to the bathroom. I said, no. He said, well, that's what that flag means. That means you got to go to the bathroom. And for them, it was all for fun. For me, I was humiliated because I didn't want anybody to look at me. But otherwise, I did have a really good time, though I don't remember riding the Ferris wheel at all. But before we get too deep into Tweetsie Railroad, I do want to say I hope you all enjoyed the the last episode. And if you're new to the show, go to my website at www.thenceverythingpodcast.com and check out all my other episodes. So far, based on the statistics, Bigfoot seems to be the most popular. Also on the website, you're going to find links where you can contact me through Facebook or email. And speaking of contact, I'm going to be messing with the editing stuff in this episode. I've done a little bit, but I don't really know what I'm doing. But I read a really in-depth article on different things you can do. And I want to make sure I give you all a good show. So if it sounds horrible or it blows your eardrums out, um, go to the website and reach out to me and let me know how it sounds. I will listen back, of course, but what I hear may not be exactly what you hear. And I got headphones here at my computer. You might be listening in your car or with earbuds on. So definitely reach out and let me know what it sounds like. And if you like it, you hate it. I want to know about it. 
All right, so let's get into it. Um, I did the research on Tweetsie, and it was really fun research, really interesting. But it was a little thin. I wanted to add a little bit to it. And so while I was researching, I found a little bit more on kind of the history of amusement parks in North Carolina. And so I'm going to tack that on at the beginning, and then we'll get into Tweetsie. Okay, so starting at the beginning, amusement parks kind of started showing up in North Carolina in the late 1800s. And they started out as swimming holes and picnic areas and really what we would call just, just hangouts. Well, the utility companies, they owned the streetcar lines in the big places like Charlotte and Raleigh. And they put in trolley parks at the end of streetcar lines. And these trolley parks, they were open on the weekends when the streetcar traffic was kind of slow or wasn't a whole lot going on. And because the streetcars were electric, they were owned by electric companies. And so the electric companies, they would put up hundreds and hundreds of lights and they would light up these parks on the weekends and people would go and they'd hang out. If there was a lake or a pond, they'd fish and swim. And it was just a, a great place to hang out in the late 1800s. Now, one of the more famous trolley parks I read about was called Brookside Park, and it was in Raleigh. And it said it was just north of Oakwood Cemetery. And if you're familiar with Raleigh, I'm not. You might know where that's at. Um, it opened in 1892, and it was, it's mostly considered one of North Carolina's first amusement attractions. They said it had a dance pavilion, and it had a lake where you could rent boats. And another one I read about was bloomsbury park and it was established in 1912 near lassiter mill again i'm not sure where that's at some of you might and it featured an outdoor carousel a roller coaster and a penny arcade it also had refreshment stands a lake for boating and a picnic area so as we moved on to the second half of the 20th century with the population growing and motor travel becoming more popular tourism started to become ever more popular because of this, a lot of these parks were opening up all around North Carolina. Now, like I said, at this point, they're not theme parks. A lot of them are just swimming holes and picnic areas. And most of the time, they would be found at established tour sites already, like Grandfather Mountain and Mount Mitchell. In 1973, the largest theme park in North Carolina finally opened. And this, of course, was Carowinds. That's probably going to be a stay tuned show. This isn't the Carowinds show. Now, if you go farther west, in the mountains, you'll find some of these parks too. But in the mountains, because of the terrain, it's, it's hard to get a large, vast area like Carowinds. So a lot of the amusement attractions in the mountains are little small pocket areas in places you would never even guess. Ghost Town in the Sky is literally on top of a mountain in Maggie Valley. And if you've never heard of Ghost Town in the Sky... Don't worry, it's on my list to cover, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one, too. Other mountain theme parks were Santa's Land in Cherokee, Gold City Amusement Park in Franklin, and Tweetsie Railroad in Blowing Rock. And that will bring me to the end of my amusement park history and the beginning of the history of Tweetsie Railroad. Now, unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to say the word Tweetsie a lot in this episode, and for whatever reason, I struggle with that word or I struggle saying it into a microphone. So I apologize if that sounds weird every time I say it. So to talk about Tweetsie, I have to talk about the East Tennessee and Western North Carolina Railroad. That's a mouthful, 
but they call it the ETWNC, and that's probably what I'll call it. I did read that a lot of the locals around there said ETWNC stood for Eat Taters and Wear No Clothes. Well, in 1866, the Tennessee legislature gave ETWNC permission to construct a 34-mile line from Johnson City, Tennessee to the iron mines in Cranberry, North Carolina. Because of all the logging going on around the Blue Ridge Mountains and the iron coming out of Cranberry, they really wanted an easier way to get that stuff out of the hills. Unfortunately, they didn't really have a lot of financial backing, so the project was delayed until 1881. But eventually, a line was opened up between Johnson City and Hampton, Tennessee. An engineer from Philadelphia named Thomas Matson supervised the project. And this particular line was called narrow gauge, and that means it was three foot wide. Most railroad tracks are a lot wider than that. And really, the only reason they did this was to save money. It was a lot cheaper to build the narrow track. And when you're going through the hills and the mountains, and I read that the narrow track was a lot easier to navigate through the tight areas in the mountains and over the hills. Anyway, the line didn't actually reach Cranberry until 1882. At this point, the whole line was 34 miles long. Unfortunately, in 1940, a destructive flood came through and it destroyed a lot of the train tracks. Now, some of my other research on other subjects I've read about this flood, I got to check this thing out. I'll probably, if there's anything to it, I'll probably do an episode on that. But with the cost of repairing the damage to the tracks and the inflow of motor vehicles to the mountains, people weren't riding the train like they used to. Now, I did say that they were using the train to get iron and lumber out of the mountains, but a lot of their money came from passengers. You see, these areas in the mountains at one point were really isolated. So once the train came through, people could travel all around the mountains on the tracks. But with roads and cars, they just weren't using the train as much. And so on July 13th of 1950, the ETWNC officially shut down. Well, locomotive number 12, better known as Tweetsie to the locals, was the only remaining locomotive of the original 13 that the ETWNC had. And after the railroad shut down, Tweetsie was bought by a group of railroad enthusiasts, and it was moved to Harrisburg, Virginia in 1953. Now, Tweetsie was supposed to operate as the Shenandoah Central Railway. I hadn't looked into that much, but I'm, I'm assuming it was kind of like the ETWNC, just a short line around that area. However, in 1954, Hurricane Hazel destroyed a lot of the tracks in that area, so that project was shut down. And you know, I read that, and my first thought was that Mother Nature really doesn't like trains at all. Well, eventually, that group that now owned Tweetsie had to sell her. I mean, there wasn't much they could do with it now. And the buyer was none other than Gene Autry. Now, some of you younger people may not know who Gene Autry is. I'm actually probably too young to know who Gene Autry is, but Gene Autry was a movie star and a singer. A lot of people called him the singing cowboy. And if you look up his filmography, most of it is Western movies. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he played in something else, but 90% of what he played in, he was a, a singing cowboy in his movies. Now, of course, the reason he wanted locomotive number 12 was so he could move it out to California and feature the train in his movies. However, and no, it's not a flood or a hurricane, he couldn't come up with any realistic way of getting the train out to California. I guess there wasn't track out that way, or at least all the way, and they couldn't disassemble it and put it on a truck. 
And so, to cut his losses, actually, he's not really cutting much loss, he sells the train for $1 to Grover Robbins Jr., who lived over in Blowing Rock. Now, before Tweetsie got moved to Blowing Rock, it went over to Hickory and underwent an extensive restoration. Now, I couldn't find exactly what the restoration included. I couldn't find any pictures of Tweetsie before the restoration, and I really don't know how you work on trains, but before it got moved to Blowing Rock, they shined her up real good. And so on May 23rd, 1957, Tweetsie returned home to the mountains in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. And this is where the park is in Blowing Rock. But before I move into the park, I want to give you a little bit of a history on Tweetsie the locomotive. It's not much, I promise. But uh, Tweetsie was built in 1917 by the Baldwin Locomotive Works in Philadelphia. And it cost $14,000 back then to build her. Now that's about 300000 a day. And Tweetsie is 54 feet long, 8 feet 4 inches wide, and 12 feet 6 inches tall. Now, I love trains. You'll hear me talk about stuff I never grew out of on this show, like dinosaurs and trains and big monsters. I do love trains, and I have one that comes to my local town, and I get excited every time I hear the train horns. But I say that because I never realized those engines were 54 feet long. I mean, I'm sure they're a lot shorter now, but I've seen some old trains. I've been to Bryson City, and I just never realized how long these locomotives actually were. So anyway, the Robbins family gets Tweetsie, and they had the idea of creating a, a theme park up there, like a Wild West theme park. And they wanted to call the theme park Tweetsie Railroad, and they wanted to be right there in Blowing Rock, just off the parkway, because at that time a lot of people were using the parkway. I don't know why I say at that time, everybody still uses the parkway. But they knew they could probably get a lot of business if it was right near the parkway. You could just hop off and visit Tweetsie Railroad. So by that summer, they had some track laid down, and Tweetsie made her maiden voyage on the Tweetsie Railroad line. Now this next part, I truly didn't know, but it said by the 1960s, Tweetsie Railroad became so popular that the Robbins family actually opened up another theme park, and this was the Rebel Railroad, and the Rebel Railroad ultimately grew into Dollywood, named after Dolly Parton, of course. Now, I've known about Dollywood my entire life. I've never actually been, but I had no idea that Dollywood and Tweetsie were related. And so today, Tweetsie is actually the last operating steamer of the East Tennessee Western North Carolina Railroad. And it runs on a three-mile circle around the theme park. And so when you go to the theme park, like I said, it's, it's a lot of car carnival rides and stuff like that. But the train is what really everybody wants to go ride. And since it's been like 30 years since I was down there, I looked up kind of what the theme park is like today. And so this is what I found out. Uh, you'll ride your three-mile loop on Tweetsie. This includes helping a U.S. Marshal thwart the hijacking attempts of wild Indians or train robbers. Now, that's their words, not mine. Other attractions include live shows at the Palace Saloon, like bluegrass bands, the Tweetsie Clogging Jamboree, and the Rainmaker. I forgot to look that up, but that sounds like maybe Native American. Um, there's a chairlift to Miner's Mountain that offers a panoramic view of the surrounding area. And, of course, there's plenty of other rides to entertain you while you're waiting for your turn to ride Tweetsie. Now, something else kind of cool I read about Tweetsie. I don't know if this is open to the public, but they have a locomotive repair shop. Now, remember I said I'm a kid about things? 
The idea of auto shop for trains just seems like the coolest thing to me. But apparently, um, other places around the mountains that have steam locomotives will send their trains to Tweetsie to get worked on when they need to be. And lastly, as you might have guessed, Tweetsie is part of the National Registry of Historic Places. Now that's really all I have on Tweetsie Railroad. Um, I encourage everybody to go to the mountains though, for whatever reason. You can go to Tweetsie, you can just ride around, but the mountains are beautiful. Everybody should definitely go experience the mountains. But I'm kind of biased because it's one of my favorite places in North Carolina. And not one specific place, just as soon as I get into the hills, I'm, I'm just happier. Now, if you go to the website at www.thenceverythingpodcast.com and click episodes, um, I'm going to have some pictures from Tweetsie in the show notes. I'll, I'll probably have a map of the theme park. And uh, on, on all my other episodes, if I have any kind of pictures, I'll post them. Also, you can find the articles there on, under the episodes that I use for my source material. Um, I don't know if you're interested in that kind of thing, but I want y'all to know where I get my information. I'm not an expert in any of this. And don't forget to reach out to me and let me know what you thought about the show or all the other shows. Or if I'm doing this two years from now and this is a really old show, I still want to hear from you. And with that, the only thing left to say is I'll talk to you next time. music in this episode comes from archesaudio.com.